Welcome to the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Nobody brings you more comprehensive coverage of high school sports in Middle Tennessee than Main Street Preps. Today's show is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Remember, fans don't let fans drive drunk. Now, please welcome the host of the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. I'm Russell Venozzi. Excited to be bringing you another week of high school football talk here in Middle Tennessee. Of course, we're now rolling on to the second round of the playoffs, and uh, games are just going to get more and more interesting as we get closer to Chattanooga and the Blue Cross Bowls. Fun show lined up today. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Page coach Charles Rathbone. His team is set for a second round game against Tullahoma this week. We will also review some of the latest storylines in the area, uh, including the latest at Lipscomb Academy, also uh, recapping the Mr. Football semifinals that were announced last week, as well as looking at some storylines for the second round games. And we'll wrap up the show by making picks for some of the top second round games. So all this is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's dive right in now with Charles, who's going to join us on screen. All right, there he is. Charles, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. How are y'all? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, Charles, the playoffs rolling right along here. I was looking back at uh, the TWS history books just because I wasn't sure exactly how many years it had been in a row for you guys, but I found that it's now been 16 straight playoff appearances for Paige. Um, That's right up there with some of the most consistent programs in the area. I guess what does that just say about your team uh, and the program that's been built there at Paige before you got there and, and, and while you've been there? to be able to be so consistent and give yourselves a chance every, uh, every November. Well, I think it says a lot about our kids and that they come to work and they work hard every day and they get after and they have expectations and they, uh, they set those goals and work extremely hard to, to achieve those goals. I just think it's a great place to be. The atmosphere has grown tremendously since I've been here over the years. I've, I've seen it where the stadium is almost empty and now it's a, uh, now it's full almost every Friday night and it's an exciting atmosphere and it's a fun place to play. Yeah, no doubt. And of course, you guys are now to the point where just making the playoffs isn't isn't satisfying enough. Uh, of course, the back-to-back Class 5A state title game appearances the last two seasons. How have those trips to Chattanooga um, maybe raised the expectation levels, you know, in and around your program? Yeah, it's it's crazy. When I was first uh, hired for the job, it was just, uh, just get us to the playoffs and be consistent winners. And then it was to uh, win a home field game or get a home field game. Then it was to get past the second round. And and now it's almost state or bust, seems like. And, you know, I think sometimes that's unfair expectations for our kids. But, I mean, that's the world we live in. So it's, uh, it's a fun environment. You know, kids that come here know that we're going to we're gonna strive to be our best and do our best and, and get after it on the field and, and off the field as well. So, I mean, it's uh, expectations definitely going up. But, you know, that's, uh, that's to expect with the success we've had. So hopefully we can keep that rolling. So the Patriots took care of business in the first round with a 50-14 to 14 win over Franklin County. And this Friday you have Tullahoma come to your place. Uh, just from what you know about Tullahoma, what you guys have studied, I mean, where are the challenges going to come in that matchup? Well, they, they have a very good defense. They really run to the football, flow very well. They get after a good linebacking core. Uh, they're, they're quick. Athletic up front, they got good secondary. Number three, they're uh, probably their best receiver or one of their best receivers. They like to get the ball to him. So we just got to stay disciplined, execute, stay on blocks, and 
and run through some arm tackles and hopefully uh, complete some downfield passes to open it up a little bit. But uh, they're a good team. They're well coached. They're they're balanced. They're disciplined. So it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for us for sure. Let's take a closer look at your team. I want to start with the offensive line. That's sort of your area of expertise, being an offense former offensive lineman yourself. And uh, the O line has definitely been a strength for Page, especially the last couple of years. Ronan O'Connell, the Clemson commit, missed a big chunk of the season due to injury, but he was able to come back uh, late in the regular season. You know, what's his status moving forward, and uh, how big of a presence is he when he's able to to be healthy and to be in the lineup? Well, he's he's huge in a lot of ways, and his leadership for sure, and his size, and and just the way he gets after people up front. He's a very physical kid, so you know he missed the first uh, eight games. He's been back for the last three. Uh, Austin Johnson also missed uh, uh, eight games this year. He's played three games all year. He's back. It allowed us to move Jake inside to where he's uh, strongest at. So I mean, the offensive line is starting to come together at the right time. They played really well the last three weeks. They're getting after people up front, opening up holes, and giving uh, Palmer some time to throw the football. So, I mean, just having Ronan back in there just uh, solidifies and, and makes our, uh, I guess, the other lineman, the younger lineman, feel a little bit more secure, more comfortable having him next to him. You mentioned your son, Jake, there, who, of course, is a part of that offensive line. And I know you had a chance to coach uh, Will, your other son, several years ago. Um, but Jake obviously hopped right in the lineup there as a freshman and has had a, a good couple seasons. You've been through this before coaching your own son, but what's that like? Um, how do you sort of enjoy that and also, you know, make sure you're being fair to the team and, and all that kind of stuff? You know, to me, it's very hard. It's difficult. Um, I, I really did give a lot of consideration after after Will came through uh, about stepping aside and letting somebody else take over. But, you know, I, I love being around Jake. I love being around all these kids. And you, you got to be consistent and – and be hard on all of them and treat all of them the same. And, and I'm part of, probably harder on Jake than than any of the other kids. We have a no football talk policy outside of football. You know, on the way home his freshman year, we never talked football unless he wanted to bring it up. So uh, it, it's difficult. It really is. I mean, because he's in a no-win situation. He could be the best kid out there. And parents are going to still see that he's my son. So, but luckily, you know, he's in a position where, whole lot of kids don't want to play anymore. They don't want to play up front. They don't want to play offense line. They're, they all, Everybody's a quarterback nowadays, or everybody's a receiver, no matter how fast or how slow they are. So uh, <laughs> Jake was able to move in and, and play well, and he's played really, really well this year, especially with the other two guys that were out for so many weeks. He was able to play tackle for us and help, uh, help strengthen that line and keep it intact while they were gone. I'm curious, what kind of restraint does it take for both of you guys to somehow not talk football outside of uh... – outside of practices and stuff. That's got to be tough. I mean, that's kind of kind of your life, right? Yeah, well, you know, uh, my faith is my life and my family is my life. Football is part of my life. So, I, I, you know, if he wants to talk, you know, he'll come down on Saturday mornings and want to watch film and we'll watch film. And, and I'll tell him what I think he did wrong, what I think he did well, you know, and just like any other kid. I mean, with all these kids, any kid that wants to make time to watch film, I make, kid, I make time to watch film with them. And there's a lot of them that do that. But, uh, you know, it's just got to be – you got to put it all in perspective, you know, and, and perspective life is not football. It's not, it's not for me anyway. Um, life is, is my faith and, and, uh, the blessings and my, my family. And, and, you know, I think I, I try very hard to make sure that I remember that every single day. And I'm thankful for that every single day. Absolutely. That's, that's well said there. And 
Of course, behind this offensive line that we were talking about, you guys have some some really talented and experienced players. Uh, senior quarterback Jonathan Palmer, of course, first year as a starter, but he has been solid. Uh, you also got running back Ethan Cunningham behind him in the backfield. What have you made of the seasons those guys have had here uh, as seniors? Well, they, they've done a great job of taking care of the football. I mean, that's what you got to do when you're when you're touching the football about every play. You got to take care of the football, or you're not going to touch it anymore. JP waited his turn. He waited behind two All-State quarterbacks, and he came back and he he's played well. He played really well. He's uh, he's making some decisions that are that are putting us in the right position to be successful on the field. And Ethan just runs hard. He hides he hides behind that big offensive line, and and he just bursts through the hole at the right time. And he's just he's a tough kid to bring down. He's a, and both of them are very hard workers, and both of them are great kids off the field. I mean, you never have any issues at all out of this group of kids. And uh, they, they just do a great job leading one another and, and uh, leaning on one another. And they've done a great job this year leading this team. So, Charles, I don't think I can go any deeper in, into this interview without asking you about uh, the two junior linebackers, Brendan Ains and Eric Hazard. He's a uh, Mr. Football semifinalist. In the, in the regular season, Brendan had 17 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, an interception, three forced fumbles. And Eric had 21 tackles for loss, 11 sacks, 21 quarterback hurries and five passes defended. How do teams even begin to to account for those guys when they're game planning? I'm sure you're glad that you don't have to uh, make a plan to try to try to go against those guys. Well, and I will say those, uh, we don't, we don't, we work very hard as a coaching staff not to fabricate our statistics. You know, we, we, we do first guy there and next guy that helps get him on the ground. That's a tackle and assist and, and nobody else. If you're in the picture, that don't necessarily get you an assist. So I, I look around a lot of these stats and kids with 200 tackles and, and that, that's all crap. There's no way the kids averaging 20 tackles a game. So, I mean, and I, and I understand that goes back to every coaches, how they do it. But our, stati our statistics, if you look at film, are, are legit and, and honest, to, uh, honest to what they are. So those two kids have dominated all year. They're, uh, they're, they're the best at their position that we've seen, that we played against. Hazard does a great job of applying pressure. Ains is a little bit more versatile in that he sets the edge for us. He could come off the edge, apply pressure. He could cover. He, you know, he's got a couple of def defense touchdowns this year, and he's a heck of a running back too. We just haven't had to use him just yet. But those kids are are great kids, and they're just juniors. So uh, we're very lucky to have them back for another year next year. I'll say, as a sports reporter who's always scrummaging to find accurate stats, I do appreciate the effort you guys put in there uh, on the box scores to make sure that you get that stuff right. But uh, yeah, with Brendan and uh, Eric. Of course, those guys help you have a really effective pass rush, and that's not something that you always see at the high school level. It's not always been necessary, especially when teams don't pass a whole lot, but a lot of the teams you guys play in Williamson County and surrounding areas do pass the ball quite a bit. So, I mean, has that been a big separator for you guys to have this pass rush that's just wreaking havoc in the backfield seemingly every game? Yeah, it has, and Eric, Eric is the one that sets that stage. You know, we got some guys up front that are not necessarily pass rushers or run stoppers, and and that's their job, that's their role, and they don't have the, a lot of stats, but it's because they're they're able to clog up the middle and turn back everything back outside to those uh, linebackers, and then you got those linebackers there to turn everything back inside. So I mean, it's just uh, it's a very unselfish front seven that we have. Caden Walker, Sean Cunningham has played great at linebacker this year. Uh, Omar at nose guard has played; he's a big body, hard to move. So all those guys play together, but being able to get a rush on the quarterback really kind of sets it aside in that, you know, they just know they're not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball and they, they kind of rush it. You know, these are high school kids. They're not professionals. 
So they uh, they know they're going to get hit, so they rush the throw, and it's led to quite a few interceptions for us. So, Charles, we'll close with this. You guys have been to the Blue Cross Bowl the last two years, like we talked about. You know the path. You know what it takes. This year, what's it going to take for, for this group to, to get back there and to try to have a better result? Well, I think every year it takes a little bit of luck, and and you got to be very consistent and, and uh, well planned out in what you're going to do, and, and you got to put time and effort into it. So, I mean, really focusing through the week, you know, Monday through Thursday, focusing in practice to get down our blocking schemes and executing. And ultimately, that's what wins ball games. So you can't do a whole lot different than what you did during the regular season. You got to hope you, you got to hope that you don't have that bad game at the wrong time. And you know, we had a bad game against Indy, and we just got to hope that don't show its ugly head again. And and hopefully, we got a pretty good shot of getting there. We'll see how it shakes out, Charles. I really appreciate your time, and best of luck this week against Tullahoma. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That has been Page football coach Charles Rathbone. Uh, very generous of him to give us some time on busy week as he's getting ready for another big playoff game there in Williamson County. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with some storylines for the second round of the playoffs. So stick around. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. As an Allstate agent in Gallatin, Larry Maynard knows many local families. His knowledge and understanding of the people in this community helps him provide customers with outstanding service. Give Larry a call at 615-452-1500. Macon Bank and Trust Company is a proud supporter of the Gallatin Green Wave. For over 100 years, Macon Bank and Trust has offered a true hometown banking experience to help you meet your financial goal. We are local people with local decision-making and ready to serve you. Don't let pain keep you from doing the things you love. With our world-class physicians, Houston Clinic Orthopedics will have you back enjoying your life in no time. From ortho care to physical therapy and more, visit our website to book an appointment. Houston Clinic Orthopedics, when experience matters. Craving the juiciest, most delicious burgers in Dixon? Look no further. Luke's Burgers and Breakfast has got you covered. Whether you're in the mood for a mouth-watering cheeseburger or a breakfast burrito, we have it all. Our secret? Only the freshest ingredients cooked to perfection every time. So why settle for ordinary when you can have extraordinary? Come on down to Luke's Burgers and Breakfast, where every bite is an experience. We are back here on the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. And as we dive into storylines for the second round, we've got to start with a follow-up on the Lipscomb Academy situation that I talked about extensively last week. Of course, Coach Kevin Mawai is out after one season there at Lipscomb Academy, former Tennessee Titans center and member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Lipscomb Academy and Mawai parted ways on Friday. That was the language given to us in a statement from the school Four and six in his one season ended in controversy with a forfeited win uh, over Briarcrest Christian due to the use of a couple of ineligible players. And the big uh, violation, of course, was the recruiting issue. And that kept Lipscomb Academy out of this year's playoffs and also banned them from next year's playoffs. So from the outside looking in, this certainly looks like an attempt by Lipscomb Academy to sort of clean up its image in terms of compliance to show that the people 
who were involved and or oversaw the people who were involved in these infractions uh, are no longer with the program and that they are going to not make those mistakes again because they would really like to, of course, get that postseason ban for next year removed. Otherwise, next year is essentially just um, a drawn-out exhibition season. So uh, we'll see how that goes. They're supposed to present a plan uh, in front of the TWSA Board of Control on November 16th. That's next week. So we'll see what comes of that meeting and maybe what changes they have to show the TWSA there. But uh, unfortunate break there for Mustang fans. But, um, you know, the program broke the rules and seemingly knowingly did it. So they are paying the price now. And it's really unfortunate, of course, for this year's seniors that have to go out without a playoff bid. But um, we'll see if they're able to get back in next year and if they're able to kind of get back on track in terms of following the rules that everybody else follows and that the TBOSA does its best to uphold. So with that in mind, let's move on now to some of the latest news. Uh, of course, after our show last week, the TBOSA Mr. Football semifinalists are announced. And I want to run down the local guys really quickly because a lot of the, them are still playing and are big factors in the second round. Of course, not all of them. Some teams were eliminated last week. But in Class 1A, we had Ben Franklin from Cornersville uh, and Dalston White from Moore County. Those were the mid-state guys, and that's who I'll run down here. Uh, in Class 2A, there was Cole Gregory from Trousdale County, Isaiah Groves from East Robertson, and Darian Meza from Mount Pleasant. Class 3A, there were no local representatives there for the Mr. Football Awards. Uh, but Class 4A, there's Gabe Borders from Macon County, and Zion Simpson-Smith and Keyshawn Tarleton, both from Pearl Cone. Have a nice year there for the undefeated Firebirds. We mentioned as Eric Hazard a minute ago with uh, Coach Charles Rathbone. He's a semifinalist in Class 5A, along with Centennial's Dominic Reed. And in Class 6A, Braden Graham, quarterback out of Riverdale, and Dwayne Morris from Oakland are both semifinalists. Moving over to Division Two, there's Monte Baldwin uh, from Columbia in D2 single A, along with Eli Wilson from MTCS and Friendship Christian's Tyson Walcott. Three really great running backs there, and uh, don't envy the, uh, the committee that's got to choose between those guys and a few others from around the state of who gets that award in D2 single A. D2 double A, Ty Clark III from Franklin Road Academy. Cruz Law from CPA and Davidson Academy qu quarterback Knox Roberts are all semifinalists. And in Division II AAA, Lipscomb Academy's Caleb Beasley and Brentwood Academy's George McIntyre both made the list. And finally, kicker of the year, Tullahoma's Grant Chadwick, uh, Mount Juliet's Daniel Echiavara, and Davidson Academy's Roman Mathis are all up for that award. So the semifinalists will be whittled down to finalists on November 21st and then I believe it's the Tuesday after the Blue Cross Bowls. Could be that Wednesday, that that first week after the Blue Cross Bowls, the Titans always host a luncheon to announce the winner. So we will keep you updated on that at MainStreetPreps.com. Moving on to some second-round talk here before we have our pick segment in just a moment. But there's several interesting rematches on deck, and I will, I'll be interested to see if maybe some of these results are a little bit different this time around. Who knows if – some of the teams that lost the first time around will be able to, you know, uh, surprise there for a win, but certainly some good matchups on deck. A few that jumped out to me, Summit at Brentwood. Brentwood won this game 20 to nothing on September 15th, but that was quite a while ago, and Summit has uh, shown some things in the last couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that in our picks segment. But um, I, I do wonder if this game might be a potential upset alert there um, for Summit. 
NBA at Innsworth, similar case here. Innsworth won the first game 17-3 to on August 25th. NBA was a very different team back then. They were still trying to figure out his, their quarterback situation. They had H. McElwain in there. They had Hugh Price. Um, of course, after Marcel Reed left, they were the big red. They're still trying to figure out at that point what they wanted to do with their offense. But they figured it out now. They won four of their last six games. Uh, Hugh Price has been doing a good job managing that offense. Uh, they've, they've run the ball a lot, kind of pass when they need to, and that seems to be working. They were able to finish off their season with a win over Brentwood Academy. Uh, in week 11, and then they had actually earned a first-round bye for the playoffs, which is not something I don't think many Big Red faithful saw coming after they nearly started the season 0-5. So a great uh, late-season resurgence there for NBA. Innsworth has continued to truck along. They're 8-2. I still think they will have an advantage here, uh, but we'll see. could be a good game. And also Ravenwood at Smyrna. This was a game that Ravenwood won 28-6 on September 8th. But Smyrna, man, they've been they've been hot lately. They've reeled off win after win after win, including last week against Independence in the first round. So we'll see about that one. Let's take another quick break, and then we'll be back with picks for all three of those matchups and a couple others here on the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. Welcome to the GR Group at Cry Like Realtors. Our team is comprised of seasoned veterans, military spouses, and other real estate professionals with strong ties to the military community. We specialize in helping our clients buy and sell homes, as well as providing comprehensive services for commercial and land properties. Whether you're relocating to the area interested in buying or selling a home or looking for commercial or land properties, the GRO Group has the expertise and resources to help you achieve your real estate goals. Contact the GRO Group today. Founded in 2005, Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions has a reputation of consistently offering the lowest possible rates and above all providing outstanding customer service. Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions takes pride in treating our clients with honesty and integrity. We provide excellent service and experience you can trust for all your mortgage needs, proudly serving all of Tennessee. Apply today. Call Pamela Witt First Lending Solutions, 858-518-1506 or online at www.firstlendingonline.com. NMLS number 314276, ID 135932. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work, you do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. All right, it's time to dive into some predictions for the second round of the playoffs in Middle Tennessee. It's a big week for teams on the field. It's also a big week for the Main Street Prep staff. Pick them. Uh, we've got a kind of a log jam here in the standings. Brady McTamee, our Clarksville sports editor, is 88 and 32. He's got first place all by himself. But then we've got a four-way tie for second place between myself, Monty Hale, Maurice Patton, and David Wilson. 
We all stand at 85 and 35 overall. So we'll see if anybody's able to separate this week. I, of course, had another six and four week last week. Pretty disappointed with that. Um, not really sure what's going on, but my picks have not been as accurate down the stretch here. Of course, there's been a couple upsets. I've gone for a couple upsets that didn't work out. And here we are with a dwindling record. But the second round is a great opportunity here to try to get back on track. So let's see if we can make that happen. Let's start off with NBA to Innsworth. We were just talking about this matchup a minute ago. I think this is a type of game that could come down to a field goal. Uh, both teams have good kickers, so that is something that is within the realm of possibility. But I'm going to give this one to Innsworth 24-21. to 21. I just think the Tigers are having a great season. They've got quarterback Max Holdsclaw that's stepped right in from Brentwood Academy, done a nice job. They've got Jaron Sinsipal, the Vanderbilt commit. Uh, on the outside and also at defensive back. They've got a great defense, Ethan Utley, Mason Curtis. Those guys make it happen. I think that's going to be enough here uh, to maybe sort of make NBA one-dimensional. And uh, if they can you know, if they can stop that rushing attack and force the, some desperation passes, I think uh, that could work out pretty well for them. But we'll just – we'll see how that goes because NBA has been, like I said, playing really well. Figured some things out. NBA's got a strong defense of its own, which is why I didn't pick this to be a high-scoring game. But I do think the Innsworth Tigers are going to find a way to get this one uh, in their favor and move on to the state semifinals already there in Division II AAA. Let's move on now to Centennial at Shelbyville. Uh, this should be another great game. Centennial's Dominic Reed had four touchdown carries on uh, just 10 attempts last week in a win over Columbia Central which gave Centennial quite a scare in that one. But uh, thanks in large part to Reed scoring three of those touchdowns, I believe, in the fourth quarter uh, helped the Cougars survive in advance there. He's really been the closer around the goal line for them. Uh, they save most of his energy for defense. They, they really need him there. But, man, when they get inside the 10 or 20-yard line, it's it's Dominic Reed time there for Centennial. Um, and, of course, he's a Mr. Football semifinalist, like we mentioned. Shelbyville uh, started off uh, the year a little bit tough. I believe they lost three of their first four games, and I don't know that they've lost since. So um, they've rolled to an easy win in the first round and certainly going to be a tough out here in the Class 5A playoffs. Nonetheless, I've got to give the tip to uh, Centennial here and Co Coach Jamal Stewart. I think they've got a lot of good things going for them right now, even, the, even after that scare against Columbia Academy. So I'm going to give the edge here to Centennial, 35-28. to 28. How about Liberty Creek at Fairview? This is flying under the radar, I think, is one of uh, the top games to watch this week here in Class 3A. Liberty Creek's a great story. Blaine Keller has written about them several times, our Sumner County sports editor. This is just their second year as a program. Of course, they've got beautiful, pristine facilities up there in Sumner County, and uh, they've attracted some football talent, too. They're under Coach Bill Alexander. Uh, Brian Rager is having a nice year. He scored four touchdowns, I believe, in the first half of a 42-0 win over Sycamore in the first round. That was their first-ever playoff game and their first-ever playoff win. Of course, you can never count out Fairview and Coach Chris Hughes. Those guys uh, have made a habit here of getting deep into the playoffs and, and making some noise there in Class 3A. I do think, all things considered, Liberty Creek might have a little bit of an edge here. At least I'm giving it to them 30-24. to um, that will be a tough trip to make to Fairview. Not an easy place to win by any means, but I think um, they might just be able to pull it out there if, if Rager can have a nice game. Moving on now to Ravenwood at Smyrna. I got to see Ravenwood last week. Of course, uh, this is a rematch of a game that happened almost two months ago, and I do think it'll be closer this time around. Smyrna, like we said, has been on a 
phenomenal role lately. And Ravenwood has had some injury issues crop up here and there. Um, Stewart's Creek gave them a pretty good run last week for their money. And, uh, but Ravenwood's running game was able to sort of close things out down the stretch. Davis Dallin, uh, Caden Pace, the younger brother of the injured Carter Pace, had a really nice outing as well. Um, so even if Carter is not able to go in this one, I think the Raptors have enough on offense to make things happen here. Ben Hubbard on the outside as a receiver had a couple touchdowns last week. So I'm giving this one to Ravenwood, 28-21. to 21. And let's close it out with Summit at Brentwood. Uh, the Bruins have to be careful here, and I think they may have had their wake-up call last week in the first half against Cane Ridge. I believe that game was 7-7, uh, seven seven, maybe in the second quarter. Uh, Cane Ridge, of course, entered that matchup 2-8, and eight, so um, not maybe a second half that Coach Clint Finch is too thrilled with, but the Brentwood Bruins did pull away 128-7, so still in good shape there. Uh, I do think Summit has had uh, a tough year, but they've won three of their last four, and you cannot count out a team like that in the playoffs, especially um, a team that's been to the state finals and uh, recently. So we'll see how that one shakes out. That's all the time we've got today. So thanks for tuning into the Main Street Preps High School Football Show. We'll be back next week to talk round three. We'll see you then. You've been watching the Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show. Nobody brings you more comprehensive coverage of high school sports in Middle Tennessee than Main Street Preps. Join us each week at this time on Main Street Media TV to get the latest news about high school football. The Main Street Preps High School Football Preview Show is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office.